a gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Where KSL offers Utah deeper insights on the news. Host Boyd Matheson divides rage from reason and elevates the conversation on issues crucial to our community. On KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Good afternoon. Welcome back to Inside Sources. I'm your host, Greg Scordis, and it is 236. Recently, some researchers from the University of Utah, Brigham Young University, and the University of Idaho released a study showing how renewable energy is changing the global economy. Ben Abbott, an assistant professor of ecosystem ecology, I didn't even know they taught such a thing, at Brigham Young University, and one of the researchers who worked on the report is with us this afternoon. He worked on the report, and he's going to talk to us about what they found, what it means for Utah, and what we need to change on the government level to get more clean energy uh, to more consumers. Uh, Professor Abbott, thank you for joining us this afternoon. Thank you so much, Greg. Really happy to be here. So tell me this as we before we start. What was the purpose of this report, and what, what, what was the impetus behind getting it going? You know, um, here at BYU, uh, we're in the process of doing an environmental audit of all of our operations, and I was asked to serve on the um, sustainability working group. We have a new director of sustainability here, and as we were in discussions with our power providers, it became really clear to me that a lot of the research that I consume kind of academically hadn't been reaching um, local utilities and power producers and providers, and so that uh, light bulb went off in my, my head, hey, why don't we make a non-technical report for people that are interested in renewable energy, especially coming up on the state, revisiting its, uh, its energy plan. Let me, let me just talk to you for a minute about a couple of those. Uh, let me start with uh, solar. Um, we've heard that uh, it's, it's expensive, that it's probably not going to uh, be to the point where it is cost efficient for any t- anytime soon. And that in fact, our power companies may sort of punish uh, people who use solar energy because they're not using the the typical uh, use of the, the typical sources that yeah. we have all relied on for energy. Is that is that a renewable source that's that's moving forward well? Is it something we can improve on or where do where do we stand on renewable energy for our homes? Yeah, so uh you know when I say renewable energy I'm typically referring to intermittent renewable energy sources. That's mainly solar and wind. And uh, these technologies have progressed so much faster than projected. Uh, 
uh, or let's just start with solar, has decreased by about 90% over the last 10 years. Um, wind is is similar in the 70 uh, in the 70 percent range, uh, declining costs, and so. Just a few years ago, it seemed like solar and wind weren't going to play as large a role in the energy market. Now, many of these large energy system models that we use to plan out and make sure we have a robust, reliable grid are expecting that in 2040, maybe 80 or 90 percent of all electricity production globally is going to be solar and wind. They now are the cheapest sources of electricity ever available to humankind, much less expensive than uh, fossil fuels. We're joined this afternoon by Professor Ben Abbott from Brigham Young University, who was, a, a, sounds like a very major part of a study regarding renewable energy. Uh, Professor Abbott, I see one of the findings in the in this study was that uh, the United States is currently trailing China, of all countries, in the rollout of solar, yeah. wind, and batteries. Is that true? And if so, why do you suppose that's the case? We should be ahead of the game, shouldn't we? Yeah, that's right. And I often get this uh, question, you know, hey, why should we invest in all of this technology when, um, you know, to to reduce air pollution and the greenhouse gas emissions that are causing climate change? Why should we do that when China is really a bigger emitter than us? And if you look at the numbers, China is investing more than anyone else in these technologies. They've, they've realized that long-term economic prosperity depends on reliable and cheap energy. Right. It runs everything from transportation to manufacturing to heating our homes. And uh, so China installed three times as much uh, renewable energy than the U.S. last year. And they have captured um, much of the solar market and the battery market. Uh, The U.S. still is quite strong in the production of wind turbines. uh, But. If we're looking forward, the International Energy Association, an economic group that makes forecasts on where growth is going to occur, they now are projecting that 95% of all new energy growth between now and 2025 is going to be wind and solar. So there is this skyrocketing global demand for wind and solar and batteries that uh, the batteries and transmission are what make the whole thing work reliably. If the U.S. wants to be a producer of those technologies, we've got to get our ducks in a row now. Now, if we want to sit back and just be the consumers and purchase the technology from Vietnam and Taiwan and China, that's, that's a choice, of course, but it's going to be much less uh, economically advantageous to do that. Professor Abbott, on the local level, we've been talking today uh, during the last hour and a half of the show with uh, legislators and senator, state senators because our state our legislative session currently started. It just started today. Let's say that they invite Professor Ben Abbott to go do a presentation to them on what can, what should we be doing as, as local leaders? What would you tell them? You know, there are um, lots of changes that we could make. Um, What we've learned is it's no longer about economics or the technology. Renewables have won in both of those spheres. It really is about updating policy because our current energy policy is structured around fossil fuels. That's, how, that's what has dominated our energy system. So you can take the example of Iowa and Wisconsin. They're neighborhood states. Iowa is the national leader in percentage renewable. Over 60% of their electricity is renewable. 
Uh, Wisconsin is the loser. They're in 3% of theirs, even though they have very similar energy demand and resources. That's because the, uh, in Wisconsin, we allowed or they allowed uh, fossil fuel interests to really influence what kind of regulation was in place, whereas Iowa had more of a free energy market. So if I were to say, what are the things that we could really change? One of them is actually education to utilities, because a lot of utilities, I mean, are you, we need to give a big thank you and shout out to our utilities. They provide power really reliably. But many of them don't know about this renewable ener- uh, energy revolution that has taken place. So simply showing them the research, here's how you can make a cheap and resilient and reliable energy grid would be uh, really helpful. And then leveling the playing field. You know, currently we put much more money, much more subsidy into fossil fuels, about 3.5 times more into research, development, expansion of these resources. If we just leveled the playing field, that's going to allow these advantages from renewables to really accelerate. And if we streamline the regulation, currently it's easier to drill a natural gas or oil well than it is to drill a geothermal well, even though geothermal has all these other benefits. That's just because we have uh, an expedited process put in place on the fossil fuel side. We need to have a a true equal uh, footing of all these energy sources so that we can take advantage of the cleanest, cheapest, and most reliable energy available. Professor Abbott, in the next, in the last 30 seconds, I don't even know if you can do this in 30 seconds. We hear a lot about solar. We hear a lot about electric cars. We don't hear so much about wind. Isn't that a technology we should be, and you've mentioned it before, we should be jumping into as well? Absolutely. Even though here in Utah, we're dominated by solar and geothermal renewable resources. So it makes sense that locally we don't talk as much about wind, but certainly looking at the national scale and international scale, wind and solar are very complementary, and they're going to work together as we transition into a clean energy economy over the next 5 to 15 years. Professor Abbott, thank you so much for joining us. And, and that sounds like such a fascinating report. I hope that I hope that a lot of our listeners can take some time, and I hope our legislator can take some time and review that. When we come back after the break, we're going back to a subject we talked about earlier. Uh, we, we spoke earlier with uh, ABC News' Sarah Isker, who talked about uh, talked to inside sources about this new Gallup poll showing how much voters have swung toward Republicans this year, what it means. We're going to follow up on that after the break. Please stay tuned. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new Season 3, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts. <laughs> 